Well, amen. We do stand in the power of Christ. He is our only hope. And today, as we conclude uh, our series on prayer, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, you ate lots of food and had some great time with family. There weren't too many arguments, too many battles. If there were, then we'll read this passage again, and you can practice it um, at Christmas time, and that'll be fun. Well, today I'm going to uh, take some liberty because I have the microphone. Uh, if you're here in person, I'm glad you're here. I hope you did have a great time with your family at Thanksgiving. I am grateful uh, for something. Uh, my grandfather uh, is still alive, and Brandy's grandfather is still alive. And I'm confident uh, that my grandfather is watching this morning online with my aunt, and tomorrow is his birthday. And so, uh, you in the audience here, when I count to three, I need you in a we love college football kind of way, not we like golf kind of way. Um, my son plays golf, I love golf, but there's a difference in the cheering in those two sports. And so in a very college football, my team is going to win kind of way, would you say happy birthday and prayerfully, uh, my grandfather, whose name is Milton, uh, will hear that. So one, two, three, happy birthday. Thank you very much. Grandpa, happy birthday tomorrow. I'll call you. Uh, well, today we're going to wrap up our series in prayer. And that, that was really good. Like every time I need it like that, okay? Every time, every time. Um, today we're going to wrap up our series in prayer. If you've got your Bible, you can turn to Luke 11. Uh, we're going to practice what we preach today in a moment as well by actually praying. Uh, and so in Luke 11, uh, Jesus uh, is teaching his disciples how to pray. We call this the Lord's Prayer, but probably more appropriately, it would be the model prayer or maybe even more accurate would be the disciples' prayer because this prayer is designed for people who follow Jesus, who, who have said, here I stand in Christ. I'm in Christ because I've placed my faith in him and him alone. And so, Lord, teach me how to pray. This isn't just for everybody. This is for those who would say, I believe in Jesus Christ as my Savior. And over the last few weeks, we've looked at several of these components, all of them but one. We've looked at God's holiness. We've declared that he is holy, completely different than us. He is righteous and pure and true. We've prayed that, Lord, your kingdom will come one day. Your kingdom has come. Your kingdom is here now. And so if I want this earth to look like your kingdom in heaven, then lead us into purity and peace. Maybe peacemakers so that our world would resemble your heaven, your kingdom. We've talked about his provision and all of us experienced that this past week. But we're in constant need of his provision. And so daily we need to pray that God would provide for our needs and provide for the needs of others. And perhaps the greatest of them all is because we've received forgiveness. Because we've had our sins washed away by the, the death of Jesus Christ and the shed blood that he paid the once and for all 
penalty for our sin, that we also will bear the sin of those around us. We'll forgive just like he forgives me. He forgave me to the cross. And so I can forgive you. I can treat you as if it never happened. That's forgiveness. Lord, lead us into that. And then finally, today, we want him to help us go in the right direction. We need direction in life. We need direction in the moment. And so I want to remind you of this prayer, the shorter uh, of the two. Matthew's is longer. That's the one we know probably a little better. Uh, If you're trying to memorize scripture, let me encourage you to Memorize Luke 11, 2 through 4, because it's shorter. It'll be easier to memorize. But it says this, Luke chapter 11, verse 2. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, And that's where we'll be today. And lead us not into temptation. When you and I receive Christ, when we place our faith in Jesus Christ to forgive our sins, past, present, and future, we step into a new life. A life that can now pray this prayer with authenticity. Because God's forgiveness should move us toward holiness. When you and I receive the forgiveness of God, when we receive the grace of God, it should move us to holiness. And that's what this last component of the prayer is about. Is which direction am I going? Am I going toward unholiness? Am I going toward sin or am I moving toward holiness? And at first, when when you read this last petition, this request of God, it may be a little confusing, but it says, lead us not into temptation, as if God could lead us into temptation. Well, we know that's not true. All throughout Scripture, we see that God is holy and pure, and he cannot be around sin. The book of James is very clear that God is not the one to tempt us to sin. He is not the tempter. He is not the one to to draw us into sin. It's more of a a rhetorical statement uh, about what God can do and the power of God. And the disciples understood that. They recognized God's power and protection. And Jesus, as he models this prayer for them, is opening their eyes even more to God's plan for each of them and for each of us. They would recognize the power of God to lead us to holiness away from temptation and sin, away from destruction, away away from things that may look good at first, but will leave us in a huge mess. And so this prayer is kind of like your wellness check every year. If you're a teenager or below, you have a well check every year at the doctor. If we're adults, we call it preventative care. It's your yearly checkup. You need to go to the doctor I need to go to the doctor. I don't, but I need to. We, we all need preventative care, and that's what this passage is about, preventative care for the soul. Lord, Lord, lead me 
away from temptation. Lead me to holiness. And if you think about Matthew's version of this, it's longer. In Matthew 6, Jesus says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Right? It helps clear it up even more that, Lord, it's not just about avoidance. It's like, get me out of this. Keep me from it. Don't let me get sucked in. But this prayer is not about those times when you and I sprint towards sin. And at the last second, we ask God, hey, God, uh, horse collar me and yank me out of the sin. That's not this prayer. This is not, hey, I'm running against the will of God, going headlong into sin, and please, Lord, at the last second, save me from this sin. No, that's not this prayer. This prayer is, Lord, I don't want to get anywhere near that. As I'm living life, as I'm pursuing holiness, as I'm pursuing your kingdom on earth, as I'm thanking you for the provision that you've provided me, as I live out a life of forgiveness, I still know that things are going to happen and things are going to come my way that tempt me. There's temptation right now. And so, Lord, keep me from those things. Well, I don't want to be on the edge of the cliff Sin is just over the edge. I don't want to be at the edge. I want to be back looking through binoculars because I don't want to be anywhere near that because that's where destruction happens. That's where heartache happens. That's where chaos happens. That's where pain happens. No. Deliver me. Keep me from all those things that would cause me to sin. And the disciples understood that. They understood it actually much better than the experts of that day, the, the religious leaders of the day. The religious leaders of the day thought they were so perfect that they didn't need to be led from temptation because they were so pure, and yet they were the biggest, perhaps, sinners of all. Now, Jesus is helping the disciples see that all of us need the power of God. We all need the power of God to lead us away from sin. And so maybe tomorrow, when you go back to class, students, there's going to be someone in one of your classes that's not nice to you at all, and they've never been nice to you. Or maybe there's some ones that are never nice to you. And the temptation is either to fight back or to run to a very dark place. Let me encourage you to flee from that temptation, both of those. To ask for help, to call on your community of faith, to call on your friends. Say, Lord, lead me away from that temptation. Perhaps you're going to go to the office tomorrow, and you've got a boss or a coworker or a subordinate who disrespects you all the time. They never respect you. And your temptation is to find ways to make their life difficult. Flee from temptation. Maybe your neighbor, your friend, because you had Thanksgiving with your family, maybe your cousin or uncle got a brand new car, brand new house, brand new gadget, brand new something. And they sure didn't deserve it. Because they're pagans. God should punish them. They don't work hard. 
and green envy just set in. You're to flee from that temptation. And thank God for the provision that you have. And oh, by the way, they brag about it too, and I can't stand that. Lord, let them choke on the dressing. Right, I mean, I know you've thought it, people. Or maybe you have homework this week and you're just like, ah, no big deal. It'll be fine. D is for degree. No, flee from that temptation, students, college students. This week it'll be very easy for you to speak negatively about your coworkers, your family, your friends. To their face and behind their back, it'll be easy to speak negatively about them. Flee from that temptation. Temptation surrounds us all the time. You're going to get invited to some parties over the next four weeks. Most of us will attend some kind of party because that's what we do at Christmas. And it might just be, oh, I'll just have one more. Flee from that temptation to succumb to drunkenness. There's temptation everywhere all the time. Students, you'll be tempted to disobey your parents. Parents, you'll be tempted to yell and scream at your kids. It's everywhere. And we can only accomplish being led from temptation by the power of God. Perhaps the, the, the strangest and the strongest one right now for us is perhaps not so much our family dynamic or any of that, but it's very easy for us. The temptation is for us in general to listen to culture and media and allow culture and media to pour truth into us that's contrary to God's word. And so we listen to culture and media more than we listen to God's word. Flee from that temptation. Run to the truth of God, to his word. Run to the bread of life, Jesus. Because you and I need the power of God to keep us from sin. We need the power of God to keep us from sin and keeping us moving in the right direction. Because I just named a few that are really all easy ones to kind of figure out in suburbia Houston. They're easy. There's some hard ones in this room and online. You're struggling with some real issues and you're tempted to do some things or not do some things that you know are wrong. The power of God is what keeps us from sin and keeps us moving in the right direction. And as a reminder, God doesn't lead us into temptation. He calls us to flee from it by his power, not by our own willpower, not because I'm smart enough or I've studied enough or I know enough or I can handle it. Famous last words. No. Because we don't fight a battle that we can see. We fight an unseen battle, a spiritual battle. And Jesus is giving us the ammunition 
prayer to fight that battle. And so I want us to practice what we preach since we're doing a series on prayer. I want us to take a moment to pray. And so if you're watching online, it's going to be quiet for a moment, but I invite you to pray along with us. I want you to go to God in this moment because as I listed some of those things that might be temptations for some or all of us, maybe I didn't hit anything for you. But as soon as I started talking about temptations, there was something that came to mind or some things that came to mind. I want to invite you to pray in this moment and say, Lord, lead me away from these things. I can't do it on my own. I can't do it by myself. I can't do it in my strength and wisdom and power. I need your power to keep me from these things. And so I want us to pray for just a moment, asking God to lead us away from those things that tempt us. Let's bow together. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come this morning recognizing our own weakness. But today, Lord, we trust in you. And so those things that are constantly placed before us that tempt us to walk away from you and walk towards sin, Lord, we pray that you would deliver us from those things. You would keep us from those things. That we wouldn't run to the edge of sin, but that we would stay far, far away, and that's only by your power. And so today we rest in your power and your strength. And may this prayer not just be a prayer seasonally. But may we pray this every day every hour. Lord, keep me from those things. We ask this in your name. Amen. Well, as we think about leading not into temptation, we recognize that even from Matthews, it says, deliver us from evil. So if, if we're being delivered from something, evil, sin, temptation, then we need to be delivered to something. You're not just delivered from something, you're delivered to something. And so what are we delivered to? 
Because this prayer is not just about sin avoidance. This prayer is about a relationship, an ongoing relationship with our Heavenly Father that's made possible through His Son, Jesus Christ. That's the whole point of this prayer is that we would have a strong, intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father that's only possible through the death of Jesus Christ and the resurrection power that we have because of that. And so... What do you want to be delivered to? What do you want to be led to do? That's the question for us. The question is, if I'm delivered from temptation, if I'm delivered from sin, then what am I delivered to? In what ways are you asking God to lead you? In what ways are you asking God to lead you? Where are you asking God to lead you to? It's not just about sin avoidance. It's about a relationship with the Heavenly Father in a community of faith. And so what are the things that you want your life to be defined by? What do you want others to see when they see you? When you have conversations in school or at work or in the neighborhood or among family, what are those conversations filled with? My prayer is that it would be filled with with wisdom not your own wisdom, not, you know, all of what you know. They would be filled with wisdom and that you could speak wisely to people. That, that your conversations and the things that you focus on are, are on God's provision, that you're, you're living with an attitude of thankfulness. That's why we have a holiday, so that we will be thankful. We should be thankful all the time, but, but am I led into thankfulness for God's provision? Am I grateful for those things? Is my life defined by that? Is God leading you into peace? That's, I think, one of the greatest attributes of a relationship with God is peace. Because our world is chaotic. Everything is chaotic. Everything naturally falls apart. That's just the order of things. But God is, is about putting things together. In the midst of chaos, he brings order and peace and strength. And so are you a person of peace? Maybe last Thursday and Friday were chaotic for you because your family dynamic is a little strange. I was going to say crazy, but strange is a better word. I mean, that was good. And not, you just sat there. Maybe because all of your lives are crazy. I don't know, but... But you, you need to be the person of peace in that moment. Is your life defined by holiness? Like you're, you're the one that stands true when everyone else is, oh, it's okay, no big deal. Defined by holiness. Sacrifice, perhaps the toughest then I'm going to give my life up for you. That's the hardest one. That's the difficult one. That's the one where we actually model Jesus in the greatest way because he gave his life up for you and me, that he came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom, Mark tells us. What do I sacrifice? Perhaps today you've been thinking about something for a long time or maybe just a few weeks and it's going to require a huge leap of faith for you. And you're saying, God, where do you want to lead me? And he's kind of telling you, this is where I want you to go. And you're like, mm, I'm not quite sure. 
Really? God, like, is there option B or C? Do you have some other choices for me, Lord? And he's asking you to take a big leap. Well, that's where he's leading you. Maybe it's a small step of faith. And you've been hesitant. How are you asking God to lead you? What is he leading you to? It's not just about sin avoidance. But it's about living a life of faith in a community. Because this is a prayer built in community. Jesus didn't just teach one disciple, hey, this is how you pray. And when you lead everybody else, you pray this prayer and they'll all follow you. No, this is for all who would follow Christ. He, he told it to the 12 guys who were closest to him and that they would be the ones to be praying these things together as they faced a future without their Savior in the flesh and blood. It's the same thing that you and I have. We, we don't say this prayer in isolation. We say this prayer in a community of faith that together we say, Lord, we're completely dependent upon you. We're completely dependent upon you. And, and Lord, I sometimes don't know who to go to. Well, sure you do. You go to the person sitting in front of you, behind you, next to you. Because we pray this prayer in a community of faith. And so I'm going to celebrate with one another. I'm going to pray with one another. I'm going to live my life of faith with each other. And we're going to be led together as a community of faith to accomplish great things for the kingdom. That's the goal. That's the goal for Jesus that we would admit our dependence upon him and one another. The struggle is we're not very dependent people. We're pretty independent people. I, I give you the last 18 months as prime example. That we're independent people. And God is asking us to be dependent people on him and our brothers and sisters in Christ. This prayer is for a community of faith that walks with God, that looks to him for everything from food to forgiveness, from the most basic of things to the greatest of things. And so let me remind you, independent Texans, we are dependent people. Let's be dependent on our Heavenly Father. Let's be dependent upon one another. And if you're here this morning and you've heard this prayer before, maybe the longer version in Matthew, because if you've gone to just about any kind of church ever or a wedding or a funeral, you've probably heard the Lord's Prayer. But I want to remind you that this prayer is for people who've placed their faith in Jesus. And so if you're here this morning and you find yourself sort of knee deep, neck deep, eyeball, knee, eyeball deep in sin, let me encourage you today that there's a way out of that. And that way out is Jesus Christ who came and lived a perfect life, a life that you and I could not live. And he died on a cross, shed his blood to cover, to pay the penalty. That's the, that's the cost of sin is death. And so he paid the penalty that you couldn't pay so that you could have life, life abundant today 
and life eternal forever and that you would have the power to overcome sin. But you can't pray this prayer if you don't have that relationship. If you haven't placed your trust in Jesus, if you haven't placed your faith in the sacrifice that he made for you to pay the penalty for your sin. And so this morning, in a few minutes, we're going to stand and sing. And I'm going to invite everyone to respond. Everyone. Because prayer is for who? Just a few? No, it's for everyone. But if you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ, when we stand and sing, I want to invite you to come forward and say, you know what, I need to do that. I, I, I need forgiveness of my sin. I'll be down front over here on the side. Our other staff and leaders will be down here. We would love to share with you what it means to place your faith in Jesus so that you too can be a part of a community of faith dependent solely on Jesus, not on yourself because we make a mess of things. And so I invite you to simply pray that prayer. Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've fallen short. I know that I've been independent, rebellious against you. But today, I place my faith in you and you alone. And that simple prayer will bring you from death to life and allow you to be a part of a community of faith and will help you. We will help you Walk towards holiness and peace and power and purpose because that's what the community of faith is about. And so for those of you that have already done that and prayed that prayer, I want to invite you this morning to come and pray because you need God to lead you somewhere. You know where you're not supposed to go. You know where you need to be delivered from, but he's calling you to be delivered to something, to be led somewhere. And so I want to invite you to come and pray and say, Lord, lead me. May I take steps of faith toward you in this area? And you know what those are. And so let's practice what we read about. Let's practice what we teach. Let's practice praying. Because I want to follow Jesus wherever he goes. I want to follow him. Because that's the place of abundance. That's the place of life. That's the place of joy. That's the place of peace. Let's follow Jesus. That's the greatest adventure ever. Most of us like adventure. I love adventure. It's one of my own personal core values. I love adventure. That's the calling of the believer, is to live a life of adventure and abundance. So let's follow him. Will you pray with me?